Why? Because we always laugh about it. When you what guys, did we laugh about? When you guys were in London, we were laughing about... Uh, we're live? She, she sent me a Is text Logan good in the camera like, angle? Oh, he sweet. Just called the, he just called the trash the rubbish. That's <laughs> what it's called. That's so what it's called. Um, what do you put in the back, uh, the back of a car? What's that called? The trunk? The boot. The boot. <laughs> just put this stuff in the boot, you know? know. <laughs> or we, we always just secretly behind your back make fun of you for being British. That's fine. Why it British? Is what it is. not British, I am. though. I am. He is. I thought you were Australian. I was raised there, but I am um, uh, really historically, good. genetically, full English. Okay, gotcha. The next king. Which is surprising because of how tan I am, but... Interesting. That's, you know, that's the case study for people that think, oh, my skin, I can't go out in the sun, I'll just burn easily. It's like, no, I'm, you know, 100%. Both my parents did the genetic testing and stuff. Uh, I'll never do it because I'm not giving my genetic data to big companies, but, you know, that's a separate... name the big companies right now? Um, 23 and me. Look at the CEO. Who is yep. that CEO related to? Oh, to? The Google CEO? Uh, yeah. Oh, interesting. And something with YouTube too, I think. Google yeah, owns YouTube. Uh, I mean, yeah, I know, but there's another like connection there. There's a few power couples yeah. in those big tech companies that it's like, what's going on? Because like, YouTube has a separate CEO or something. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, episode 11. <laughs> episode. Oh, 1-1. One, one. Cool. Yeah. On today's 2-2. Two, two. Okay. We started with a little bit of a conspiracy angle which is great we're back episode 11 of the associates in los angeles with the man who is shaping the vitality of the future Mm. mr solbra thanks guys it's good to be back here glad to have you here we filmed one almost a year ago it just didn't come out the right way and we were just kind of like playing around with that old one yeah Mm -hmm. and we got the new pod going and now we have you here and really appreciate you coming back on no, my pleasure. Um, Los Angeles. Let's talk about you living in Los Angeles. Because Los Angeles doesn't seem like the place that you would end up. Oh, I think it is. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Why? Like, the parts of it. It's not downtown. Well, I think know? there's... You get here, and like where we're at, especially in, in Hollywood Hills, it's like... It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, really nice here. But then there's the parts you see on social media that everyone talks about, and Los Angeles is going to shit, and California is no good, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So... How do we, you know, because you obviously enjoy living here, mm-hmm. right? Why did you choose to live here, right? And, like, how did you kind of discover, like, why it was good for you? Right, so, for whatever reason, I don't know why, when I was just growing up and seeing California in the movies and just the idea of it, I've always had this deep, connection. I need to go to California. Before I'd ever been here, had never been to America at all. It was just like... I felt like it was my place for some reason. So then I came here a few years ago, did a big road trip with a friend and absolutely loved it. Up, uh, you know, Pacific Coast Highway, all of the old school bodybuilders that I had admired all growing up. All in California. Yeah. And the culture itself uh, was just born out of here. Gold's Gym and, and all the rest of it. So there's, again, that energetic feeling that I had to be here. Um, it just you know, it's beautiful to me. There's so much variation. You can go to the beach, you can go to the mountains. Uh, it is the most beautiful state in America, full stop. Um, it's just being governed in the wrong ways right now. And that is a, you know, a topic that I think we can jointly uh, push to the masses is like, how do we take back California in a real mm. sense? Because, because you, you come here and it's really 
it's beautiful. It's nice. I love it and enjoy it. But I yeah. see it on social media and everyone's just talking shit about it. So I get this image in my mind. It's mm. like California sucks. That's like the way I had it in my mind coming here. And obviously, you know, we live in Miami and like I love Miami. It's great. But uh, I had an image in my mind coming here that was like, eh, like probably wouldn't like it. Like it's yeah, you know, homeless, TikTok culture. It's yeah. like not really my thing. But uh, yeah, I love it here, man. It's, so there is that. There's like that's obviously like the stereotype for the reason mm-hmm. and the LA person in general there's like a bit of fakeness or a lot of fakeness um but there is also like lots of health entrepreneurs lots of people that are really dedicated to healthy living which is of course what I like about it mm-hmm. uh lots of forward facing companies food spots uh and general culture is like you can mention red light therapy breath work and most people are going to be you know on your so vibe. how do we take back california someone more knowledgeable about the political system which would have to tell me but it starts with me being governor i think (laughs) i have my vote so uh you know that race is starting in a few years probably not now but um you know i might do a do an arnold and uh be that the immigrant that comes in and becomes governor i think that uh you know it's really interesting and it's so funny being here right now and having you on after leaving vague like it was so funny. We were talking about it. Like I couldn't imagine you in Las Vegas, like at all. Like I just physically can't picture it. Just be. So I try to go across this, the state line, and I just can't get in. It's, it's <laughs> a locked, locked part of the Nevada map. Nevada seems really yeah. cool outside of Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have said state. It's um, it's the city of Las Vegas. But yeah. I've driven through, and it's just like a weird. So it's desert first of all, yep. and then just buildings, and one that's already like a bit weird for me. But then the culture of you know degeneracy and for sure visit for a while but like you, you were there for what one two days three days three days and you were that like i'm done yeah but i'm done for a decade <laughs> it turned yeah but i go f- full beast Too mode hard. when i'm there yeah, yeah. yeah and just kind of but it's interesting being here in just such a stark contrast and talking about california like it it really made apparent to me and um obviously you know you and i it's a big piece of what we do and our brand and, and everything is like this really more clean, organic, vital living. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's then I think when I think about taking back California or really just anything at all, like the the health stuff to me is a huge gateway. And I think maybe one of the, the biggest things that you are doing now, like really shaping the world in a positive way is just like making all of this stuff like the awareness and the intention to really curate a a healthy vital life Mm -hmm. like that's the beginning of all of it that's how i started thinking any sort of thought in terms of like why does the world work this way is because i had my autoimmune illness when i was 15 and it's just like you go in here's your prescription not really super sure you know maybe you know eat better but it's super vague I, i saw a really good quote about this the other day i'm gonna read it the master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his information and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply mm. pursues his vision of excellence at whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he's always doing both. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And it's really on that same wavelength of, we're just living mm-hmm. and we're living to the best of our ability in mm-hmm. all realms or aspects of existence. And I think that if you start there and you get the, the health stuff dialed and you really start feeling what is normal, like good is supposed to be normal, but in mainstream society now, 
that's not the case because mm. it's just bombarded with all of these things that kind of suppress, you know, your natural expression, their natural highest expression of what's going on. And so I think we start there. And I think like, you know, just a lot of great that you're doing in the world is just making it like to me, that's what what Solbra is, is like making health cool. Mm. Yeah. Make help make being healthy if, cool. If again. everybody lifted and ate steak all day and like cared about it, their bodies and whatever to a certain degree, and just just a little bit, like we're mm-hmm. conscious of it, we would I don't think we'd have the problems we have. Because the their mind right would naturally reflect that. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, relating it to the California uh, Democrat government, it's like when someone lifts weights, they inevitably become right wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a fact. I'm not just saying that. It's because lifting, in a way, teaches you personal responsibility. It teaches you that success can come to you if you put in the work and mm-hmm. you're disciplined. And it's all down to you. You stop looking externally. Like if you actually commit to lifting and, and you know, eating properly, making sure you know, ma- personal choices are your responsibility and all of that, which is all through the vehicle of lifting, then that translates to everything else. Okay, uh, am I going to rely on a handout for what business I want to do or my income or whatever it is? Then that also just falls in line with the you know, more right-wing Republican, which is you know they have their own problems, but at least moving away from the democratic view of just oh yeah it's all good free everything and no punishment on you know shit behavior in the society which is like that's when things tend to break down as a society higher taxes and things like yeah yeah but that's you know to your point nick it's like a lot of people will think that what i'm doing and how i'm living is like this massive effort and it's really not because i see it as just making different choices you have a choice to make every time you go to the fridge every time you go for a walk or don't go for a walk or you get outside versus staying inside and i'm not necessarily doing anything that's like this super high level impossible to do that costs lots of money it's just like there are ways of living healthily and that don't require you to really do much other than stop doing the shit that's harming you and taking personal responsibility and you know that that's easy to do if you think that it's hard to do, then it's going to be hard for you. And that goes for everything. Uh, it just comes down to if you have the belief in yourself and you have the, you know, the, the switch in your head that turns on, I can make the change. I can have responsibility for my life across all realms. And that's what I want to communicate with, you know, the stuff that I'm doing because I took myself from shit results in some things to, you know, more success in you know, more realms. When you started the brand, was that always the the mission, the goal, the message? Mm-hmm. Or were you just doing it out of fun or whatever at the start? You know, how did, how did that like really begin? So at the start, it was fun. It was shit posting. It was, um, I would say, partly a waste of time with like political uh, BS online. Like we, we all, <laughs> yeah. we kind of, everyone's had a stage where they try and like, you know, talk shit to their politicians online or whatever or against other people that don't share your viewpoints you're so silly like don't you know that these stats show this and that's you know maybe it's important to some degree but it's like that doesn't get you anywhere the only Mm -hmm. thing that really makes change is when you focus on yourself rather than just like telling other people what to do when your life isn't really in order Mm -hmm. and that was what you know mine was i was working a job that wasn't where i wanted to be long term i was finding myself 
exploring these ideas and I knew what I wanted to do, but I wasn't really actualizing them. And I don't think there was a, a pivot point other than I would say around the age of 25 when I was like, if I don't change what I'm doing, I'm going to become a worthless piece of shit. <laughs> like I've had like that exact thought and I sat down and I wrote that in my journal and I was like, if you don't become serious about what you're doing and how you're spending your time, extrapolate that. What's that going to look like? Mm -hmm. Around 25, things start to shift as a guy, as a young male. <clears throat> but before it was like, oh, you're, you know, you're going to uni, you're going to do great things. Like people are excited for your potential. But there's a shift where like around 25, especially the brain matures. So like you start to just view the world in a different way like very vividly um i can, can feel it I, I can feel that i'll describe it yeah, because true. every year like i think about when i was 20 or 21 and some of the absolute stupid shit i did and it's just like each year it's like I get a little bit less of that impulse like yeah. hmm probably shouldn't do that you know like yeah, uh, yeah. probably nix that and go this way instead yeah. because that just seems like a really stupid decision albeit somewhat tempting and fun yeah just like a gradual progression of progression of becoming uh it's responsibility it. it's yeah. like taking more responsibility and that's essentially what being a valid man is it's like 100%. responsibility for yourself your income your friends to some degree hopefully eventually your family but also responsibility to society as a whole to be not a drain be a contribution to your community and the people around you and if you're not that then like really you're not valuable you're not going to achieve what you want and the whole the whole shift that I was you know mentioning earlier is like people are excited for your potential and if by 25 26 you're not really pursuing anything and you haven't really achieved anything then you go off people's radar people like stop it's it's very interesting the shift between like if you don't have anything to show for yourself at that point it's tough for sure but people will start to ignore you you won't be able to you know get the girls that you might want and it's fair enough because you've had your time to figure it out. And mm -hmm. a lot of people figure it out earlier, maybe because of circumstances they've personally gone through. But for me, you know, I was studying and I, I had studied. I was working these jobs because I was like, you know, I was a furniture removalist, um, security guard, things like that to hold me over while I was studying. And then after that, I was like, man, I can't keep doing this. And I was working this other office job and I was like, can I ex really see myself extrapolating for... 40, 50 years of this? No, I'd, I'd literally rather shoot myself. So I, that was the really defining factor was like 25 around there. I was like, if I keep making these choices, what's going to happen? So I started changing them. And then, you know, the online shit posting and stuff turned into value production of content. What am I interested in? What will that, like, what helped me? How can I help other people with that? How can I also get my slice of the pie by monetizing it eventually mm -hmm. and like being able to create this thing that I want. So that's an, uh, I want to ask you this question following up on that. Like, so now you're here and it's, a th you're becoming, you know, well-known. The, the, the brand is growing. People know who Solbra is. And I think it's, it's really interesting to me because obviously like we kind of come out of the same more niche space to mm. some extent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you see some of this like just miscellaneous criticism. I think most of it is just people like haters going to hate, like it is what it is. Mm -hmm. I think most of it 
is that, but you know, do you, do you think that in this process, do you think that you've changed? For sure. And what does that look like? If I hadn't changed, that would be concerning, yeah, right? For sure. If I was still the person that I was two years ago, then I'd be like, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You're not taking on board things like good or bad. You're not optimizing yourself. You know, we should all be in a constant state of change. 100%. The issue is if you change and other people don't, other people that are aligned to who you were at that stage, they're going to hate on you because you changed. And I... And I think that a lot of, and this is just my take, I know we talked about it briefly before we started recording, like my take on a lot of the criticism, to me, it is, I think it stems from this, this aspect that, and I've watched it progress a little bit, you know, because when we first became friends, maybe, I don't know, two or three years ago or whatever that looked like, yeah. um, you, you didn't have this same level of, you were you were closer to influence. Like, no, no, not not influence. I mean, yes, mm. influence. But like, Soulbra was closer to like <laughs> young degenerate streak log fits than yeah. this idealistic, you know, very mature sort of avatar. And I think that a lot of it might stem from that. You know, it's yep. like because you you post all this stuff about you know, not drinking, not smoking, none of like all of these vices, you start removing these vices. And I think that is a huge area where it like people, I think it gives them an avenue to hate because it hurts to admit that that, you know what I mean? It's easier to point of, to like cast a stone than to say, than to really took a good hard look at yourself and say, man, like, am I really living intentionally and in the and it's something that I really value from your friendship is, is I know it's always like, you know, I feel like it's your, uh, it always inspires me to really take a good hard look at myself and decide whether or not these things, some of these things that I do are things that really serve me. Um, and I think that's an aspect of it to a big, for a big portion of it. For sure. There's a couple of things that the first being that if something pains us we see a bit of content that highlights an insecurity that we have or it makes aware it makes us conscious of something that gives us pain the egoic reaction is to attack that thing Mm -hmm. that thing caused us pain or that thing caused us to look at something which we've pushed down for months or years so i'm going to try and attack that thing and get rid of that thing when really it's the hurt inside you it's the issue inside you that causes you to feel that hurt. It's mm-hmm. not this, this trigger. And you are shown those triggers. You are drawn those triggers such that you will experience that pain so you can try and fix that internal issue. Um, the other thing, like I want to clarify, of course, is when I share stuff like, you know, alcohol is bad for you. Everyone knows that. I've had my periods of binge drinking at college on lads trips in Europe. Like I've been there. I've done that. And... I wonder about the possible damage I've done myself. I don't have that frame of reference because I don't, you know, your beliefs create reality. If you think your liver's fucked up, then it's not going to operate properly. But I know because I've experienced those things, I have was never really big into smoking, but I have smoked. Um, nicotine use, caffeine use in general, it's like they can be crutches. For most people, alcohol, nicotine, caffeine is a crutch. It is used to get out of the head and make tolerable the shit circumstances of their life. They're looking forward to the weekend. They don't, um, you know, get out of the office life right, like out of their head. If you were excited about it, you'd just do it. 
Yeah. You wouldn't have to go and drink. Yeah. 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 And for 95% of people, reducing their intake of that is going to be beneficial for them. Now, is there a space for intentional conscious use of high quality substances on occasion when you're in the right mind frame yes of course i'm not going to be that teetotaler totally like no anything is bad for you like you're having some organic red wine with friends after you've just sold your business in fucking greece like at a winery yeah have two glasses of wine but like don't get smashed out smashed on fucking cause light at the bar at a college every weekend because you're just gonna degenerate you know your mind body and your soul to some degree and it's like there's that distinction Solbras says like alcohol is bad it's like in those circumstances most people weed as well most people use weed to just get out of their heads oh it's making me more creative i used to think that as well because i used it but that's not the case if you're gonna smoke a j occasionally in nature with friends and go on a massive hike and it's like a pathway to some sort of relaxation and it's not all the time yeah that was how the shamanistic cultures um on the step used to use it or before battle and things before, like that on the step before yeah. lifting so it's like how are you using these things not to mention that you know weed especially and probably all of these stimulants have been bastardized outside of their naturally occurring forms which makes them a lot worse for the body yep. rather than like some organic hand-rolled tobacco that you, yeah. you know, grow in your own backyard, I could see, yeah, I'll partake in that on occasion. But, like, it's an entirely different thing. So all, all of the information and advice that I put out, it comes because I've made those mistakes. And if people get upset about it because of that, then, like, I am just highlighting something in them that they need to figure out. And I don't really care. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I also think, and... Logan, you and I have talked about this briefly, right? Because it happens with you. But I also think it happens in every niche because I've seen it all over. But it's people complain that you're selling something and they get mad that you're like building a brand to go and sell something. Mm -hmm. And I think you've experienced a little bit or whatever and the people that come from like the the niche community you're in are like angry, right? That you're selling something and (laughs) profiting from all the hard work you put in for your brand. Mm. And this doesn't just happen in this niche. It happens in plenty of niches right mm-hmm. like the the twitch streamers and stuff oh they're selling us something they're showing well yeah like they're not doing this for free so can you address that a little bit I, i'm curious what, what your thoughts on that are yeah well the first transition between my online presence just being sobra and selling something was my cookbook the infamous um, the infamous cookbook. cooking with sobra there's a lot of like fake copies of that like people added like fake recipes or, or something. Yeah, so like, well, I'll, I'll explain it. So when I released it, uh, so Cooking with Solbra, your guide to eating with vitality. If you want to learn about diet and stuff, it's still up there on my page. You can find it. But what happened was that was the first time I actually sold anything on my profiles. And for years, I'd put out content helping people, literally tens of thousands of people probably you know across the world. And for some people, for you then to offer a voluntary ebook that is giving them like fixing a problem how do i eat healthy how do i like what do i eat what do i cook i had recipes in there they were very simple they weren't elaborate uh like that just the act of offering that to some people to optionally support me and get all of this condensed information that's offensive that's offensive to some people because that like it 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 highlights in them something that like oh he's making money off this like i'm not 
you know, I'm not making enough money that I want. So like, why would someone else value this thing? And one of the comments I got was like, anyone could find this information for free on the internet. Mm -hmm. Then go do it. Yeah. Then go fucking find it. Like, yeah. I don't care. Like, <laughs> don't buy my book. Like, but to go out of you, like, it's, it's like seeing something in a store. You think it's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You're not going to go into that store and be like, why do you have that on the shelf? Well, I might, I might go roll through and like get rid of all the... <laughs> Like Oreos and well, okay, that's a different story. I'm gonna get my carbon fiber Batman suit and start <laughs> start tossing out all the bullshit. Yeah, well, and we'll do that when we retake California. Yeah, but. vigilante <laughs> operation on the impossible beef. Yeah. I saw well, they're collapsing anyway. I was thinking about the guys slicing open packets of <laughs> the impossible amazing. beef. So funny. Yeah, but yeah, it's super interesting. Like, <clears throat> just with the, I think people. I mean, now there's like, like there still seems to be somewhat of a stigma. And I think people just don't realize that the internet's here. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And no matter what you do to me, why would you not be portraying that in a, in a vehicle that now, you know, like even like the most niche thing, like it could be literally anything. Like if you're a house cleaner, why would you not be utilizing that as an acquisition channel? for your business. Like mm -hmm. it just makes mm -hmm. too much sense for you to grow your company. And then like, and especially if you're doing something that you believe in, it's like, I, I see it as almost non-negotiable at this point. Like it's just, 100%. it's the way business well, is transacted. Like, and, and, and honestly, we saw it in 2020. Like it's one of the few things that can't be just ripped out from under you, you know, like yep. my heart really goes out for the people who threw their fucking balls on the line for 30 years to build a family restaurant in yeah. XYZ city and then just, and then just have it cut from them because of, you know, miss the scam damage. Yeah. Miss misinformation, uh, basically subsidized by the government. And it's just like, it's crazy to me that people wouldn't want to be in supportive of that or be supportive of that and, and utilize it as a, as a tool for them to grow. And I think that's a, another great question I would love to hear from you is, mm. You know, as you are growing and you, you've done such a great job building out everything that you have, like, what's the, what's the next step? What's the vision? Like, where, where does Solbra go from here? What does that look like in five years? Mm -hmm. Well, within five years, I definitely want to have my own, like, health complex retreats operating, um, be like the one-stop shop for everything that I talk about, sauna, gym, sunning area, mm -hmm. um, red light therapy, yoga meditation everything that i love and talk about just in the one place in the kind of style that you would never you haven't seen before like yeah all wood all natural materials open skylights like gregorian fucking monk chants on the on the radio no fucking Nicki minaj and stuff like that um that's like i want those probably start with a couple obviously and, and expand but uh soul food is an idea i've had as well it's like just a little fast food but you know healthy you know no like seed oils like a online internet brand no, or no, like, like in person in, in real life just like a little food spot that someone would otherwise go to you know mcdonald's or something just to have like um your general meats like make a bowl everything in there is like organic and all the rest of it like there's a there's a want for all this stuff mm -hmm. that is obvious by the fact that like my brands are growing or whatever like people desire for this kind of way of life um and i think bringing using the internet to pull funds and to 
direct demand and recognition for brand awareness into real life is is like hey i'm making this gym like come to the opening well, i've seen it with like mr beast for example obviously yeah, he's gonna say freaking that. huge but he just filled up an entire mall with his brand new like burgers bur- yeah, burgers yeah and dude, it's crazy i i've heard his shopify store that sells chocolate so he's randomly selling chocolate he's doing like four or five million a month yeah it, it's it's incredible and you know he's grinded for over a decade to get to that point um if you read into how he has studied youtube that really like illustrates how dedicated you can be to something 10, like this hours, yeah ten thousand hours probably more um but the internet is just like a leverage tool that no matter what you're doing like you said logan like it's gonna help you in some way you just got to get over that initial hump of like oh will people judge me uh and you will get judged you will get people talking shit about your cookbook <laughs> for example um but it's like where did that get them mm-hmm. and where did that get me you know like i've sold my cookbook it enabled me to quit my job um and start doing soul bra full time yeah um and where are they they're still you know hating on various things online it's like okay yeah, good absorb for you, man. their energy and swallow it and <laughs> become more of an egregore yeah so the thing is people don't hate you they are just like if you if you're nice back to them they're like oh like man i was just like messing around or whatever. i've had that yeah <laughs> i have a really funny email reply of that this guy sent me like the most <laughs> egregious email i was like hey man i hope you're really well like god bless you like sorry um i apologize for any inconvenience this may have caused you like really hope you're doing well yeah he's like damn that was actually gee i'm sorry i was being a dick yeah it's that's a, a law like a principle of how you should carry yourself in the world it's like a principle of energy in the way the universe works is like whatever you put out is going to be what you receive mm-hmm. and you literally can't be harmed it sounds silly but you put a force field around yourself if you only put out positive energy yeah because anything hate any hate that comes at you anyone trying to make you fail if you just literally wish them well and i do this to, like in my head to people that like comment on my stuff whatever i like i really wish that they heal that they are in better circumstances in their life that are causing them to reach out and attack me because that makes me sad mm-hmm. that someone is their life is so shit that they read my stuff, which I'm not like calling people dickheads or like I'm just putting out information about health mm-hmm. really for the most part. But they see that and that triggers them to like be upset and attack me. It's like I want them to heal from that. And when you do that, um, there's a Bible quote about it, a Bible verse about it that I've, I forget. But if you, if you only like do unto others what you uh, want yourself to receive, you know, like if you do that, then everything will work out for you. I'm just like I was looking I was looking at a smirk or a smile from Cam because he's the most devout person I probably know and it's just I was hoping for a smile True. there through through the Bible reference in. Yeah. Um I, I think on that note, I wanna talk about the anonymous factor with your brand. We briefly mentioned it before, but did you start being anonymous because you had a job when you started the the brand and you wanted to kind of protect that? Or do you just start being anonymous for a different reason? And why do you still remain anonymous? Because I think you'd make a lot more money if you weren't anonymous. You know, I think your brand would go even bigger if you weren't. But that's my opinion. Yeah. So I want to know your thoughts. Um, well, the start of it was like, I'd always known that fame is a negative, but internet popularity is a positive. The fame of like everyone knowing who you are and not being able to go to the shops 
and like actors for example they always talk about that like they get stalked they get paparazzi and like obviously i'm not that level i'm not saying that i am in any regard but the principle remains that if you want privacy if you want to be able to just chill without everyone knowing who you are like there are hundreds of thousands of people that if you are putting yourself out on the internet that's just the situation you're going to put yourself in the crosshairs of a lot of people that might not wish you well or just you know freaks or whatever um and sometimes you just want to chill and, and not be you know known for that or whatever so it was always just like okay what i want is not dependent on me being the thing yeah. and i can do everything that i want without it and it just enables me a bit of privacy and like it, it also like i think people can self-insert a lot more like it, when people look at like giga ultra endurance athletes like these people achieving incredible things mm -hmm. like it can seem a little bit out of reach because they not can't, as relatable yeah not as relatable and you know I, i've i've had that criticism as well is that like oh this perfect soulbrow life and it's like it's not it's just a representation of what you see in social media and what i think is like good to do uh doesn't mean that i'm that perfect person because i'm not but the anonymous thing is just like yeah, maybe it would be different um, if I do it non-anonymous and show everyone my handsome face, but <laughs> it just hasn't hasn't reached that point yet, and we'll see. But, it's, um, it's an interesting like conversation because I think what you present is so <clears throat> idealistic and aspirational in a lot of ways. You know, just in terms of like you, re and it's it's funny because it and adds a layer being anonymous and not having your face on it that that helps make it more that it's like like Solbra is an ideal not a person yeah you know but i also think too just knowing you and knowing how like intentional you are um there's also another layer that i think could maybe even make it more idealistic and more aspirational in the mm. sense of like because i think that there's you know so many people and me include i think everyone that goes through life as a human on this planet, like struggles at times with, you know, making the right decision or the decision that really serves them at their highest self. And when I think about your stuff like that, like when I think about you, you know, obviously like we live together and we do all this stuff, but I really think about that. Like that's kind of my, I guess, interpretation of Solbra. And I think having people that, or maybe having it with that and them seeing you doing those things like kind of add something to it. You know what I mean? Like not yeah. many people are as like, I don't want to say perfect, but like I think about it. I, when I think about it, I think perfect. Cause it's like you come up down and stay with us in Miami and I'm like, you know, I, I am very like intentional with my health, but I have times where I flip the switch and just go have fun, whatever. But you're like, I did at your age. Like it's not, I'm definitely not perfect and you should but take like, that into account but yeah in bed at eight no at, it's not that early <laughs> not that eight not that early yet Nine thirty, usually but it's still I see really, point really good it's really early <clears throat> i go to like i'm going to bed at 9 30 it'll be 11. yeah <laughs> it, just, it just turns into 11. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well yeah thanks for saying that it's it's um definitely not that way in real life uh but i'm you know i'm trying i'm learning and i'm putting responsibility into my actions and doing that just means that the quality of my life improves the success of my various things improves and i feel good so it's like why would i not keep doing that and there's a, a point where 
if you want to level up, then you've got to change how you're doing it. You know, the, the design of your life is currently set up to give you the results that you're currently getting, mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. So what, if what you're currently doing is getting you what you're currently getting, then you've got to do something different if you want more, if you want something better. And you look around and see how many people have a healthy body, a successful business, healthy relationships, healthy family, and you know, still have time for what they want to do recreationally. It's like, not many, but what do those people do? They are you know, in bed early. They're consistently working on their things. They have these rules. They're not going out partying and not drinking, doing drugs. And it's like, okay, well, then there's probably something to that. Yeah. And so it's just this slow changing of your consistent actions that you have to ab- uh, get a higher level of responsibility and, and discipline to do that. Or if you don't want that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And you want the, you know, whatever else, but just like you can't have both, really. Was there, like, over the past year or two, was there something that really you eliminated or have been you know just eliminated or changed a consistent behavior like that that you feel has allowed you to really propel in the past because I feel like it's been maybe like the past what has it been like the past year where it's like really started kind of growing and everything started blowing up a bit yeah well is that thing of like if something's blowing up now that's the result of the previous years of Mm -hmm. work yeah for sure so it's it's less like something that I'm doing now, even though it is. But so like recently, I guess in this year, it's been you know being really intentional with how I talk, everything I sway, uh, everything I say. Um, only visualizing and talking about scenarios that I want to happen, and raising my own in t- internal level of energy uh, to mirror that of the circumstances that I want to attract. And yeah, it sounds woo woo, but Ultimately, the things that you do, even if you have no conscious uh, awareness of that principle and that dynamic interaction, if you're diligently working on your business, you're shaking hands, you're nice to people, uh, you're keeping yourself healthy and you're not like, you stopped hating on other people, that's raising your internal energetic signature uh, and your broadcast and your thoughts and feelings that are going out, which are then, you know, permeating the universe and bringing that back to you and aligning you with a different level of existence. Mm-hmm. And so you can be unconscious of that, but that is partially what is happening to, you know, level up your success. So that's pretty, you know, pretty key and, and being more aware of that and learning more about that and implementing that in my own life. Uh, definitely using substances less, still have espresso. At the moment, I'm, you know, sober September um, in the middle of it, and that's been great. Uh, if anyone wants to try, I'm sure sober October is a good one. I think Logan was possibly going to do that but like no caffeine nicotine weed drugs anything and you just that is like a very intentional good practice to give your body a reset um get back to like good dopamine levels and a level of creativity that can help you propel the various things and i've done that a few times and that's definitely helped me um what else yeah just just having more responsibility and like awareness of like this role that i'm stepping into Mm-hmm. Uh, which is pretty key and so like hey what I'm putting out is going to either help people harm people I've got to be aware of what that is and learning from a whole bunch of people and the amazing people uh, like you guys that I've you know luckily met and just being open to new experiences open to new uh, perspectives I always want to find the best uh, mindset to have and the best 
whatever it is. So I, you know, I would willingly be proven wrong in a lot of things. I'm not beholden to one level of perspective. If something I do isn't working and I'm shown evidence of that not working, tell me, tell me so I can switch it up. And then I'm going to integrate that into my vision of reality. And then I'm going to be better in life. And just like really having that central, uh, knowing what I value as well is like getting in an environment that suits me, that I feel good at, cutting off relationships that don't feel good. That's yeah. another big one energy sinks people that are not going to be in if like if, if someone's not solid for you to be with you in 40 years and they show like signs of you know whether they lie to you whether they don't support you it's like just get rid of it i actually think that's it's one of the good, biggest man. things is cutting off people that are just bad energy or yeah. just not in sync with what you're doing yeah that can throw everything off yeah just like I've experienced that yeah. before 100%, even with like employees and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but I, I missed like the last minute or two I used the bathroom. But I had mm-hmm. a question, and it kind of it comes back to your content. And you mentioned it briefly. But are you intentional with the way you put content out on the internet? Is there a formula that you have, or is it just kind of like a free-flowing thing, I'm going to post this today? Like, how do you decide what to post, what to make, and like what that message for today is going to be? Or do, do you schedule things like... Are you making things ahead of time? Like, how does that look? So, yeah, a couple of things there. I've always been a fan of letting the thoughts come to me. Obviously, all writing pretty much when you're in that state where the muse just kind of speaks through you, God speaks through you. I'm sitting down and I've done this consistently for a couple of years, which is, I think, my, you know, one of my strengths, so to say, is to just like sit down routinely, usually in the morning after I wake up and write and whatever comes out comes out same with tweets i have a thought i just put it out maybe i format it a bit find a picture or whatever but then i just send it i'm not scheduling things i'm not um thinking about when i should post it it's like good content will perform like you said earlier and whatever is speaking to me and is relevant to me at that point maybe it's an experience i had in a relationship i'm going to write and sit down and just like figure out my thoughts around this what i've learned what i did do didn't do and that i think because it's coming from my real life experience it it resonates more it's not like purely academic then i'm also taking things from books that i've been reading Uh, a lot of it is like living life and then writing about that Mm -hmm. then there's also like i'll take tweets and i'll expand that like you can have a tweet which is a concept which is like a platitude or whatever uh, because it's simple and you just want to get it into people's heads and maybe it's a reminder and someone read that and something will switch in their head. Mm-hmm. And so that concept can be elucidated in a longer form piece of writing. So I usually I'll, I'll go through my tweets from the day before uh, the next morning and say, okay, how can I explain this more? Then maybe I've taken that and I've made that into a reel. So it's like I'm big on multi-purposing content. It's just like everything that I've ever written is in my notes app, like just just notes and that's it that's what so I used sometimes to. i'll just go back and say oh this concept is cool like maybe i'll i'll revisit this and add it a little bit or i'll turn it into a reel or I'll turn it to a long form youtube video uh, so there's a lot of like because you know even if you put out a bit of content the people that view it that's not 100 percent of your audience mm-hmm. this you can put out a tweet five times in a month and different people will view it yep. and like I don't recommend doing that. You know, you want to leave six months plus before you, but like tweets that you've done two years ago, they can be redone. There's like a, not, a lot of new followers. Maybe so, you'll add something that you've learned. Um, so yeah, like all of that for content, it's mostly what I'm interested in and what I'm focusing in. I'll go through stages. Maybe I'll like 
do more of a bodybuilding spiel for a while. Uh, I think it's important to immerse yourself in something for a few weeks to really get your head around that and then share that information. Uh, and then also like putting in the, I guess the effort into learning how to make short form content yourself, video editing, uh, all of that is really relevant because it enables me to put out stuff quickly and cover a wide variety of skills. If I want to make a graphic quickly for my podcast or whatever it is, I have the capacity and knowledge to do that rather than like waiting for my editor to get back to me and, and so on and so forth. So my rate of velocity of producing content is like, I've had people say to me like, dude, is it like five people running your accounts? Yeah. Um, because one, I just spend a lot of time doing it. That's like a the reality of the situation. Um, but I also have like just developed a wide range of skills that enables me to make different things, repurposing it in different forms. Uh, some people like reading, some people like uh, watching and, and um, yeah, with practice, with everything, you just get a, you find out what works and what doesn't. And on some level, you have to be careful of not wanting to, of not performing to the algorithm. Like you do have to, but then you also don't want to be one of these retards who's like dancing to the latest fucking TikTok trend with like, oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, no, like you're, you're literally like yeah. this dancing monkey at that point. And yes, you have to understand why captions on a short form video, like they work mm -hmm. and put those in and not do something that's so left, out of left field that people don't then view it because you're not getting your messages across. And that's a failure as someone that's trying to communicate positive things to the world. But you also don't want to let that train you into just being this like pure algorithm monkey. Otherwise, like, yeah, you've got thousands of See views, but like no one respects you. You're not niched a lot of the time in that respect. And like, if that's your goal, then like, cool, you made a fucking funny video. It's like, yeah, I think that that's because I talk to like clients about this a lot, like people who are just starting doing some of this stuff. <clears throat> and it's like, I love that the aspect of like, you don't grow social media you just grow and then you put it on social media mm. and then that kind of yep. becomes the the framework i think a lot of people have that flipped you know they don't want to continually read and write they just want like the result they don't want the process but and i think you do a really really good job of kind of mastering in that process and just doing it in a really uh genuine raw way because it like you just said, kind of comes genuine and raw. Yeah. Naturally. Like Naturally. you said, just in the morning, yeah. you're just writing just thoughts. Yeah. And sometimes <clears throat> it's, um, sometimes I'll sit down to write and it's like really hard and yeah. things won't come out and I'll be like, okay, I should probably make a video when, today. When you go in, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but when you go and like sit down, what, what's, what's your intention? Are you just first thing that comes to mind, you're just writing or is like, I'm writing right now. And like, like, how do you, how do you like, get those thoughts out there. Cause sometimes I'll try to do that. And it's just like, I'm just thinking about writing and I don't have a, a thought to write about, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, the tweets thing is really useful as like a springboard to go from. Um, but literally you should just start writing. Like you could have a few prompts of things and I'm sure you find some online or like yeah. what is a problem that you've had over the last week and writing about that is also a good prompt. What is a, a lesson you've learned? Um, but ultimately it's like the practice of like, okay, I sit down at this time and I write and then just write a page and literally whatever it is that comes to your mind, write about it and write it. And another writing tip is just write how you speak as a person. Yeah. Nick, it's, uh, 
it's really interesting to me actually having this conversation Why? with with soul because i feel like like you are such a, an executive type yeah. right like you really have like ceo grind set kind of <laughs> energy but i think like him because it was interesting for me when we were just friends right and not partners mm -hmm. and uh like i was just kind of exploring things like i think you would benefit a lot from like incorporating some of soul bras like work mode into what you're doing and like like the writing work like mode, just mean? maybe i think there's there's times when they would and we were kind of talking about it like whatever just like having more flow within your days versus just like output 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 and having like that creative process that's like mm -hmm. your next and we were talking about it with cam with like videos and stuff like yeah. that like finding that space where it's just the more uh i think it would be interesting something that like when you get that down it's wraps yeah yeah so one thing i was gonna say is like when that doesn't come out when ideas aren't coming and i can't write that's a signal to you know first of all get off your phone get off social media get off your computer and go live life and then walking is a massive one. If you're sitting down all the time, like a lot of that, like Niche had a quote, never trust the thought that occurs while indoors. So this is like, we, we kind of mess with Nick about it sometimes. Like he's just like, he's such a hard worker. Yeah. And like, you know, Jake and I are like, oh dude, come on, like do this, da da da. Like, no, whatever, I just wanna. Yeah. And so I think it's like actually a really thing to maybe hear from him. So maybe it gives a unique perspective to it. When you're, when you're, I'm big on leisure. Right, because we have to be flinnering. If you're not flinnering, you need to start now, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right now. Pick your feet up, take a bath. Yeah, you should be flinnering while you're listening to this. Really, really, have in your pocket and just walk around and just like. One of my favorite things to do is, you know, I was traveling a lot of the last couple of years. Just go to a new city, a new part of town, and just walk around. Go, go left where your body wants to go left. Listen to your intuition, and you will inevitably have interactions with people, see things, just have thoughts by nature of walking. That then you can pop in your notes app with your phone mm -hmm. and expand on that idea later when you're writing. And that's sure. a massive one for me. And like I, for me, I think of it too mm -hmm. is like not being so because I get in these mo and you need it, right? You need both aspects of it. Like you need to be have like hyper consistency if you want to do great things. Right. But anytime yeah. I just get way too beholden to some routine or something that I think I need to be doing, I feel like I just, I lose that spark. And yeah. I know just from our relationship and other people that like the creative spark to me is like, it's my drug. I love that. Just being locked in and, and getting stuff out. And it's super interesting. Mm. I, so we've covered a ton of ground, um, and I think that especially the more mindset stuff just permeates everything, um, and that I'm super glad we've talked about yeah. that. You know, and then the next topic that I have in mind, like we could talk about, and I don't want to bore anyone. If anyone's listening to this, like you already know, and for maybe not, we'll give you a 30-second synopsis, right? Like you need to eat real unprocessed food. You need to get sunlight. You need to, you know, sleep well. You need to go out and move and walk and stretch and lift and do all these different things. You know, God forbid you're watching porn. Please do not watch porn ever at all for any circumstances. Um, you know, getting rid of some of these substances and removing the crutches. But I don't want to like that stuff's pretty surface level. If you are interested in that, you know, follow Solbra. If you're not, you probably already do because he's the man. Uh, but one thing I would love to know is like, 
you know, you're at this point where you're super diced out, like really healthy. Like, what are you working on in your training? Like, what's the next conquest in your physical pursuits? What are you working on? I would love to hear that. Yeah, so mobility is my main focus right now. Uh, upper body, I'm still doing pretty traditional bodybuilding workouts, okay. um, supersetting a lot of stuff. And, you know, I, I have relatively good shoulder flexibility. You can do handstands and have no pain whatsoever there. Uh, but I've also, I've had um, hip pain slash lower back pain uh, on and off the last year or so. Mm -hmm. So it's chronic at that point. And what I've discovered is that it's as a result of, you know, years of sitting in a desk in a chair at school, wearing tight school shoes and towards the later end of my school career and up until now is lifting weights, uh, traditionally like squats and deadlifts. And those movements, while they have their place, when done consistently over years, while also sitting in a chair all the time, while not walking enough, while not doing counteracting decompression mobility exercises, mm -hmm. what happens is your spine is going to be compressed. And for me, spine is compressed and I had a bit of disc prolapse uh, where your disc kind of pops a little bit out of your spine. Not a lot, but enough to hit the nerves, shorten the nerves and cause the nerve pain, which I was experiencing. And at one point, it got so bad that I couldn't even sleep. I remember you know, earlier this year being in so much pain that I couldn't sleep. I remember like literally crying in my bed in the middle of the night, just being like, please someone, something like help me with this pain. And I was researching, you know, back pain exercises, the McGill exercises. Um, there's a lot of good things out there which enable, you know, the spine to move and, and that decompression to occur. And thank, you know, thank God it got better where now I can sleep, whatever. But now I'm investigating um, go-to movements, decompressive exercises. My lower body training has completely changed. I don't do deadlifts. I don't do traditional squats anymore because when I do, I don't, like I don't do uh, hip thrusts either because that's going to bring you into what they call the front chain where your hips are in front of, if you're standing in front of your, um, and even sitting here, like you can see my hips are in front when really you should be kind of up like this for the most part of your resting posture. Yeah. But that whole journey and that investigation into what's the best way for me to rest, um, train and fix this mobility issue that I've had uh, to the point where I can sit in a squat, like, you know, third world squat without any troubles and pains. I can't do it with flat feet. I can do it relatively close, but not, you know, to the point that I should. And it's really, you know, a glaring weakness in my whole um, healthy living kind of thing. Whilst I don't really have much pain if I'm on top of doing my mobility exercises, getting into the back chain, strengthening, you know, in that position a lot of the time. But that's my main focus right now. And I think it's something that's woefully under talked about, especially in the just get big bodybuilding world, which I, yeah, for sure. I'd consider and everyone said, oh, squats and deadlifts won't, you know, they're fine. And if you do them the right way, and if you're also having decompression exercise all yeah. of the time, like you, you squat and deadlift heavy, but you are also very knowledgeable about how to be in the back chain a lot. And remember when you deadlifted on the beach and you did fuck yourself up. That doesn't happen when you're doing decompression exercises. Well, I, so why don't you go into the principles and like how you think about with the weightlifting balance? Yeah, I think that day I had my little like, you know, thing tweak is number one, like, 
probably, you know, we had an 8 a.m. thing or 9 a.m. thing. I was probably up late, or I was up late. Yeah, yeah. And I know for a fact I was up late and not sleeping well enough to get up. And and didn't, have, you, didn't you fail it and then you tried it again? I failed it. I tried it again. And it wasn't, yeah. it was like, it wasn't super, super heavy. It was like 455. We've talked Pretty about it heavy. on the pod too. Um, not super heavy relative to what I've done in the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've deadlifted 100 more pounds than that. Yeah. Um, but to me, it was like more so just doing that without a bunch of food, without a bunch of sleep. Like to me, the injuries, because it's, you know, I obviously cover a lot of this stuff and what I do with, with my fitness company, um, Untapped Athlete, and what, what I kind of preach and the way that I think about these things is like I don't think that – like I never want to tell someone like, because to me, doing the action is more important than someone not doing the action. Like, and I think for the vast majority of people, squats and deadlifts are a great tool for them to utilize the biggest muscle in their body, create a metabolic response that's going to facilitate them being healthy. And I never want to discourage that. Um, and I also think too, you know, like I have tons of respect for the GoTo guys and everything that they do. It's helped me. And, and when I found them, it connected a ton of dots in terms of like what things I had been finding in my own mobility. You know, I had gotten super strong throughout high school, college, et cetera, playing football. Like I had all the big bodybuilding numbers. I was, you know, relatively fucking yoked and, but I had all these little pains. And so to me, it was like the culmination of all of these different concepts, you know, working and learning from the ATG guys or knees over toes guy or, yep. or Jeff, who we're going to do a pod with in October sometime. Um, and so to me, it's like, I look at all of these things as tools and, and I don't think that, you know, just because you need a Phillips head screwdriver, maybe in a situation, like maybe the Phillips head screwdriver is the decompressive back chain, you know, opening up your hips, elongating your spine, doing those things just because you need that screwdriver at a certain point in time. I don't think you get rid of the jackhammer, you know? Yeah. And so to me, I always think about, you know, I'm not, they're, they're pretty extremist to some sense. That's one thing I've the, seen too. That people should never do it. Like I will and am able to do all of these things. And for me, a lot of like the injury, cause this is maybe, I think the biggest asset that I provide to a lot of the people that I work with is like, getting them in a position to where everything just feels good. Cause if they can feel good in terms of their joints and how they're moving and all these things, then they can go as hard as they want repetitively because the consistency is what's going to yield for them, you know? Yeah. And so I just look at it as like a, a tool and, and use it to, I want to build my body in a way that is resilient to anything. And I can handle any circumstance that I want to put on it and, and, and I think the same thing about, you know, like my internal health and my nutrition and barring like for me now, the big thing with my training is just basically getting out of my own way with these little stints of like, you know, like the Vegas trip, like get, if I remove that stuff and, and really just hard line, and this is why I respect you so, so much with all this stuff. Cause you have that like cutthroat consistency. And if I know that if I can add that in, yeah, that's the. The angle. Next level. I, I want to touch on the point of the, the traditional bodybuilding training. Because I, th I also think that crosses over into nutrition a lot. Mm -hmm. Where, like, because when I started working out, I was 17. I just wanted to get big, right? I was, like, super skinny. As like, we all did. High school or whatever. And 
it was the high protein bread and get the protein pre-workout and, and, and your BCAAs and all this different stuff. And you got to eat your rice and chicken, whatever. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. I was just eating for like volume at that point And it really messed up my stomach. Yeah. Messed up my stomach. Acne was super, super bad all over my forehead. And it, it took a couple of years to like come out, but it, it, it really like got bad. And that's when I was, I kind of like pulled back from it a little bit. I'm like, started like, Hmm what's actually happening here and i really took a look at it and i was like i was just i was just following the traditional bodybuilder like game plan of like eat as much as you can even though it's, it's dog shit it's garbage yeah. right it's just like low quality stuff but it's yeah. macros you know yeah, yeah. get your protein get your carbs get your fat hit your macros whatever and that's what's going to do it and you see these guys eating like gummies and these, all these <laughs> processed like foods yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. stuff like that so to to me on on that end it's like all right, get big, but get big doing, like, eating the, the things that are, like, actually going to keep you, in, like, internally healthy for many years to come. And that's why I'm kind of you, – you make fun of me sometimes, like, oh, it's going to hurt your tummy. But <laughs> I, I – uh, I, I, Why does it I, feel good? Who I'm wants that tummy to hurt? I'm super <laughs> conscious of it just because, like, I was there once before. I had that – dude, I probably had, like, 100 pimples, like, all over my mm. forehead. I just don't want to go back to that. And, and I, I also mess with Nick too about how he walks too. He's got like the, the duck. Got, yeah, it's yeah, gotten yeah. Be- much better. Yeah. It's got much better. Yeah, we're working on it. Need some work, but, but yeah, I but mean, on, on the traditional bodybuilder, uh, no, like oh, you see, they got major duck feet. Those yeah, guys. yeah, because they're super, Waddling. super tight, and like you're, 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 yeah. you're, I like that. But um, on, on that note, it's like okay, bodybuilding is great for a certain point to, to like a certain extent like you get big mm. but then i think all these other things matter just as much like even even more well right? it's like they're not the distinction is just like it's a lack of knowledge in the mm. initial thing and like they're not countering they're not um it's a fucking word they're not antagonists to each other like yeah when you introduce the knowledge of micronutrients um you know raw foods digestion actually eating for nutrient quality, mineral supplementation, all of those things which aren't the traditional just like macros, lift, sleep. Mm-hmm. Like all of that supports getting big. Like because when you're your healthiest state, you've got your healthiest gut, uh, your skin is good, your toxin removal system is good, you've got good mineralization, uh, good hydration. Like all of that supports being your biggest self. And anyone that's doing the traditional bodybuilding like plan would value or would get a lot of value out of doing the stuff that's like less known and more of the stuff that I've really learned the last couple of years. So it's like, or even, you know, not on the nutrition side, like utilizing things like understanding how, you know, rotation and, and decompression factors in or, or mobility, how how the body is supposed to move. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and like all those sort of more physical inputs too. I think people think about it as, I I think the, the drawback too, is that it seems like a lot of work, you know, especially too, you Mm. can get, cause there's, to me, I think that's the, the take or like the, the thing that pulls people away from it is thinking that it has to be this like grand overhaul. And that's even why I don't necessarily, support a message of like, you know, never deadlift again. If someone's deadlifting and that's what they like and they're, you know, they're getting physical results from it. I don't want to yeah. pull them out of things. I want all of this stuff to be additive. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that sure. it's, cause we don't want to like 
the, the, you need to just like find ways to micro input these things so that they can then become habitual. And really that's like <clears throat> on all these levels, that's the message that, and I'm, I'm no saint. I have a lot of areas that I can improve on. I'm not the, the best at it in the world. There's, but you know, really helping people understand that you can foster this kinesthetic and, um, you know, health awareness like you can, you can malleate your genetics. You can change what you are fundamentally to mm -hmm. a higher expression of that, mm -hmm. both whether it's nutrition or the way you train and your lifestyle disease. Like disease, you don't have to be beholden to those things. And I think like that, that to me is like the, you know, I like to become this great entrepreneur and we're working on it, working hard, marketers, sales, whatever. Yeah. Um, but that to me is like the message that I want to get out to the world that you can, you can do anything you can put, you can change into whatever you want to become. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, I don't it's know. our power as humans. Mm -hmm. It's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. All right. Wow. What do you reckon? Yeah. How long we go for so far? Can't tell. I don't have my phone. Probably a while. Um, any, uh, I guess this is, this is kind of the last thing before we, before we end the podcast, what's like any last words, any last like message that you want to leave for the associates, last words for the associates, um, as you exit the podcast today? Yeah, just be who you are, you know, like lean into what it is you value and treasure and love because ultimately that's where the greatest reward will be. Uh, in whatever it is you choose to do and pursue that religiously and don't give a fuck about what anyone else thinks or tells you to do full stop <laughs> boom we're gonna go get a, a pump amazing. at motherfucking golds episode yeah. 11 there. done ciao